0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. You're listening to Connecting the
1: Dots with Matt Arad on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT. All right. Welcome to this week's episode of Connecting the Dots. I am Matthew Matthew Arid. I will be your host, and I am very, very pleased to be joined by my first guest, a good friend of mine, one one person who I had observed for a number of years. I've worked with him for a number of years, a founder of Rogue News, also um, an incredible geopolitical, geoeconomic analyst who has worked as a top commodities uh, trade for top uh, commodities trading firms for a number of years, investment banks, um, v vj sometimes known as the v the gorilla economist thank you for being here with me today
2: it's my pleasure matt it's great to be on uh congratulations on the show and first time on tnt radio i'm excited to be here uh hello to all the australian audiences i've got quite a few clients uh that are from sydney and perth so uh, good morning good evening whatever the time zone is wherever the heck you are it's a pleasure
1: yeah, no, TNT recently became my uh, my safe space uh, to just speak my mind more regularly. And and I guess I, I did it well enough that they said, hey, why don't you just come on regularly? So uh, this is fun. It's a fun experiment. Yeah. Um, and it is an in international uh, broadcasting. So we're, we have people from all over the world. Um, I'm really, really happy because, yeah, I mean, the world is really going through some major turmoil and you have been preparing your mind. You're one of the few people that I know who long before the curve was hit, you were already foreseeing it and talking about the uh, the systemic breakdown of the system you were already giving a you you weren't just giving a myopic um economic outlook which a lot of people they they try to like dissect the markets and then forecast the future based upon market trends and you you do look at market trends but you're you're also very sensitive to the geopolitical decision making process the physical reality that is shaping human society which gives people who think on those terms a very big edge to not just forecast to foresee the future for good and for bad but to act upon it and understand what could be done better so I'm really appreciating that that you're here that we've been able to work together and so to start uh today's show off I wanted to uh start with well Kissinger is going to be one of my recurring themes throughout the entire program of the, the next three hours and I was curious well first before my my question we should probably give a little solemn moment as we shake our heads
0: <laughs> in silent
1: disappointment for a life a long life badly lived who uh <laughs> put into motion many destructive things so let's just give a little moment um Kissinger's undoubtedly
2: I mean Christmas is coming early for me bro I mean I'm just waiting for Soros <laughs> to drop dead and it be perfect
1: well, they're already joining uh, Prince Philip and uh, and the Queen. So there's there's a growing there uh, there's array a growing of list, uh, rogue gallery a down growing
2: there. A List of, of old crumungenes that are dropping dead. I mean, I mean Charlie Munger, uh, the <laughs> that Cretan has dropped. Okay, that's yeah, uh for those that don't know, that's uh Warren Buffett's uh, right hand man, right? Charlie Munger's dead. Kissinger's dead. Soros is is knocking on the door's of death. So this is a good thing. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed god please bless me with an early christmas gift Soros dead no more that'd be great that'd be great <laughs> all right Sounds we'll cold-hearted that. but I, I don't know i think these guys are just pure evil at a
1: certain point yeah you when you do a certain amount of self-aware evil then yeah you kind of deserve what, what's coming to you but now yeah. of all of the things that he put into motion and sadly even though his body has uh, has perished and his soul is probably uh feeling some some metaphysical sulfur uh or smelling that <laughs> now there there is uh a lot of destruction what what would you say um in terms of analyzing the current economic breakdown the current crises that we're facing what would you say is the uh the most important legacy to you that was put into motion by kissinger
2: i mean well, well, I, the most important legacy that led us led us up to the mess that we're in is probably the entire petrodollar system right if people hmm. take us back to 71 when nixon took us off the gold standard right And then a lot of people just leave the story at that. Oh, Nixon took us off the gold standard and uh, OPEC decided, uh, you know, uh, price oil in dollars. But done. And that's where they leave it. They don't understand the backstory. The backstory is very key, very important. Most people don't know this, that the United States is the importer of last resort. Right. And what Mm -hmm. the importer of last resort simply means is this. Whether you're buying bananas, or whether you're buying oil, or kumquats, or or bitter melon, or bitumen, or or iron, or copper, whatever the heck it is you're buying on a global market, whether you're Tanzania, Zimbabwe, whether you're um, uh, Malaysia, Singapore, whatever the heck you are, whatever country you're from, you first got to go buy dollars. Now mm-hmm. this is the problem again with 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 uh, with Milays doing in Argentina when you go dollar based, right? You got your all your institutions, all your 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 uh your institutions your your banks your financial uh, uh um you know trading houses your uh, uh manufacturers they first gotta go get dollars and then when they get dollars then you're able to go ahead and per- procure the oil the bananas the kumquats, the bitumen the bitter melon whatever the heck you want right but here's the thing import of last resort simply means the entire OPEC agreement is based on this. You're going to get oil, you're going to price it in dollars. America becomes a toll man that collects the uh the 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 uh the fees off of that, so to speak, to keep it as simple as possible. But then what you're gonna do is you're gonna take the money rather than keep it in a bank in Riyadh or, or, or in Dubai, I mean, so in Abu Dhabi, right? Or um in Jordan, you know, in Oman, what you're gonna do is you're gonna take that money and you're gonna reinvest it into America's stock market. And they were fine with that. Why, even though, uh, you know, for the last 40, 50 years, the system was running smoothly as possible, the situation in the Gulf wasn't as tumultuous as it is now, Um, China wasn't the wasn't the power that it is today, Russia was, you know, a power, but it was still kind of blocked off and cordoned off, it didn't have the liquid markets in order to bring in as much uh profits as possible, so the Arabs were totally cool with that, the Middle East was fine with that, and then... 2008 happened, and then the world woke up and realized America spends m- more money than a drunken sailor on shore leave. Shocking the world. See, the Middle East, they, they were okay with, okay, you know, America has a, a murderous foreign policy. It's schizophrenic. It's all over the place. It doesn't make a lot of sense, right? But if we stay in the good graces, hey, we're still making money. That's gone. Kissinger's legacy, what he what he built up there, which kind of kept the global order in check, the rules-based order, so to speak, as Blinky Blinken talks about all the time, right? Tony Blinken. That was ran smoothly until it all started to come apart. And we are right now, Matthew, on the cusp, on the verge of the greatest transfer of power and wealth in human history, man.
1: Yeah, I was hoping you could speak more to that. And, and that's that's good, because what would what would Kessinger be thinking right now where he's seeing that China was opening um, China and Saudi Arabia were opening a seven billion dollar local currency swap that's just been announced, um, that there is increasing trade uh, amongst various nations of, of the Middle East around local currencies instead of U.S. dollars. Um, what does this mean and what caused the shift in places like Saudi Arabia that had been so firmly embedded in the Western Kissinger managed architecture of the petrodollar. What what resulted in that shift?
2: I think the biggest result to that shift is is number one, most of these countries starting to realize it doesn't benefit them to always be relying on the dollar. That ever since the Ukraine war, two thousand eight woke up everybody. The Ukrainian hmm. war literally gave the absolute uh, wake up call to gave everybody a shock therapy. If you were sitting on the fence in two thousand eight. By 2015, 2016, and now, especially in 2022, when Russia started the special military operation, you're not sitting on the fence anymore. The world has drawn sides. People start to understand that, hey, you know what? The dollar comes with strings attached. There are dangers in holding the dollar. There are dangers in wiring the dollar. There are dangers in transacting with the dollar. And there are dangers in doing business with the United States. So first of all, the foreign policy is schizophrenic. And now, the money is the money, the, the currency on which this crazy empire transacts around the world with that money is radioactive. And you risk poisoning yourself and putting yourself in danger the moment you touch it. And that's when the world started realizing we need an alternative system. And they started looking at what China has been building with the BRI, they started looking at what Russia's doing with the Eurasian uh, economic zones. This has been a game changer. Number one. Number two, the rest of the world don't want to be vassals anymore. MBS woke up, be like, look, I'm 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 the crown prince. I'm literally the king of Saudi Arabia at this point, right? I'm literally the guy calling the shots. Why should I be a US vassal? Why should I be a vassal to an insane empire? An empire that has no morals, that has no scruples, that has no alliances, that has no friends. Why would I want to do this? And that's what that that is what is leading this mass migration a stampede out of the dollar. And if Kissinger were alive today, I mean, he the man was turning in his, he, he was squirming all the way to his deathbed, watching everything happen from 2014 to 2022, squirming, squirming. And then he drops down. What was the last thing Kissinger said? Oh, this whole multiculturalism stuff that we're doing and, and, the, and, and, this, and the unipolar world we're doing, the, this aggression that we're doing, getting ourselves, yeah, it was all wrong. It was almost like a deathbed confession. It's remarkable, remarkable to see that everything that he's done, you know, everything, all, all the all, all the systems that he's built up, it's crumbled in his face.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to, to think about that because, I mean, the people often treat this guy. There's so much fluff and eulogizing of this guy's greatness as a grand strategist and this wonderful statesman diplomat and even people who don't like him um speak as though there's this brilliance and I'm, I'm i agree he's not he's not a low level you know Justin Trudeau or uh Blinken or Biden level intellect he's a hot, much higher level intellect yes. I I will grant that but as you just pointed out every single process that he put into motion so carefully based upon this idea of what the new world order should be um seemed to have blown up in his face and you got a sense of this hecticness uh, towards the end, where he was even saying the we've we've misstepped on Ukraine, we've uh, it seems like he could see that nuclear war wasn't part of the uh, the grand design that he had tried to put into motion. But all of a sudden, that doesn't seem like it was compatible with his vision, because there are some some oligarchs that he was working with who don't seem to mind risking nuclear war and lighting the world on fire, because you know rather rule in hell than serve in heaven, right? But he yeah. was of a different kind. So, I mean, it seems like he everything he did blew up in his face. So that level yeah. of incompetence should also be brought into people's thinking, because we often give people like Kissinger and that which he represents too much, I think, credit uh, as being almost godlike in their power of influencing things. So it takes the steam yeah. out of it a little
2: bit and helps you, us see also. See this... Yeah, go on. Absolutely. I mean, you see this problem all throughout the West. Kissinger... Mm-hmm. What he really is at the end of the day, he was the smartest guy in a room full of idiots. And when you're the smartest guy in the room full of idiots, you know, you you tend to be lauded by the idiots as one of those great, brilliant tacticians. But Chris, Kissinger, you put him against somebody that's coming out of, uh, you know, within, let's say, the, the, the Chinese government or, or, or in Russia, where majority people have hard science education. They have, you know, ed- education in hard mathematics and sciences. They have engineering backgrounds, scientific backgrounds, real military backgrounds, right? Kissinger couldn't hold a candle. And that's the reality of it all, man. Kissinger couldn't hold a candle. Kissinger, he was able to accomplish what he was able to accomplish because of the way the world was divided between the Eastern Bloc and, and of course, NATO and the United States during the entire Cold War period. A a curmudgeon like that could not live, could not survive, could not get a single policy up in Mm -hmm. the fluid, fast paced, multipolar, erupting world that we're living in, where all of a sudden alliances are shifting, they're changing, things are happening so fast, and now there's so many alternatives to the unipolar world that Kissinger helped build, there's no way Kissinger could manage it. That's what what, Mm -hmm. what Brzezinski said, right? Kissinger's old buddy, Zigbin Brzezinski, what did he say? Brzezinski's like, oh, it's easier to kill 10 million people than manage 10 million people. He's admitting to it because it's easy when you have the world in a stupor, It's easy when you have the world in some sort of a propaganda. It's easy when half the world thinks that the Eastern Bloc is a bunch of communist totalitarian tyrants and you're living in the land of the free. It's easy to get away with that. It's not so easy in this modern century where wealth has really shifted globally, number one, where power has shifted globally, number two, and technology has been democratized and has become more ubiquitous. It's harder to sell the bs and that's the problem that the morons in the west are running into time and time again matt is they can't sell the bs and the world sees their bs for what it is
1: well said v and i you know this reminded me of a an anecdote night probably a true one of a discussion that uh, Kissinger and Zhou Enlai had back in the 1960s as, or 70s when he was uh, trying to set up the groundwork for transferring the U.S. and the West's factory base to China as China was supposed to be the forever slave cheap labor sweatshop zone of production for the rest of the consumer developed world and there was this anecdote of uh, Kissinger asking um, uh, Zhou Enlai about the uh or the issue of this French Revolution came up and Zhou Enlai's response was when he was asked well what what are the, the what were the consequences of the French Revolution and Zhou Lai said it's a little bit too soon to tell and I think that just showcased <laughs> that <laughs> that Kister was yeah. trying to have like an intellectual discussion about history and Zhou Enlai is right. actually thinking in the Chinese way about 5,000 year plus cycles uh, and processes and had a much much longer view of the past and the future than even a, right. a grand strategist like a Kissinger would have wanted to <laughs> think about strategist. so
2: exactly. yeah. <laughs>
1: so let's take a a quick commercial break and uh we're going to come back with connecting the dots on TNT radio First. TNT radio's Steve Malzberg 13 Israeli hostages released uh as part of that ceasefire deal uh 49 days after they were taken Hostage. 49 days. So that still leaves about 225 to 227 more hostages. Uh, I'm with John Bolton, the former National Security Advisor to Donald Trump. I'm with Brit Hume of uh, of Fox News. I'm with a bunch of other people who say this gives Hamas too much time to do whatever they want to do, to do whatever they need to do, to regroup, to rearm, to re-strategize. And as much as you want the hostages back, it can't be at the expense of the other part of the mission. is to destroy Hamas.
0: I think it's a mistake. Steve Malzberg on TNT Radio. The Lights is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create today's news talk radio TNT. All right. We
1: are back with Connecting the Dots on TNT Radio. I'm here still with my guest Vijay Vargas, v, the Gorilla economist. Um, we were talking well about a lot of things, but specifically, v, you had mentioned that there's a, ma- a massive what, transfer of power right now going yeah. on. On the one hand, you know, there's many transferences going on. There's transfers of wealth, but there's also mm-hmm. transfers of power centers. Um, yes. Depending on where you are and what you're looking at, um, I got a question. Some people would say that uh, the whole multipolar alliance of China, Russia. The, the you know the the new operating system that Saudi Arabia is trying to move towards and break away from this whole petrodollar uh, gambit funding terrorism laundering money you know blowing creating speculative bubbles in in the uh, the oil sector all of that's a fraud it's an illusion it's just a new empire it's a new <laughs> trap for the new world order what is your yeah. response what is your take is this just <laughs> a new a new taste of the new world order or is it uh, no. is it
2: it, I, I think my buddy, the Saker said it best, right? He's he, he, he said, if it wasn't for pretty much, I'm paraphrasing. If it wasn't for the multipolar world, I would have lost hope on humanity. Hmm. And honestly speaking, after the whole entire pandemic nonsense that occurred in 2020, I would have lost hope on humanity as well. If it wasn't for the multipolar world, people need to understand the world is not this simple, good guy, bad guy. It's not a Marvel movie. Stop thinking about it. Like if it's a freaking Marvel movie, it's not the Avengers versus the Legion of doom or whatever. Right. It's not that man. It's a much more complicated place, okay? And you got to understand, the problem with the West is this. The West, because of its globalism, has lost what? What did the West – what did did they sacrifice on their march to globalism? They sacrificed culture. Culture is the first thing to die on the march to globalism because you can't be globalist and have a culture. You can't be globalist and have a real history. Now, you got to rewrite history. You got to rewrite culture, Your culture gotta, got to the thrown out the window. History's got to be rewritten and then you have mm-hmm. to be questioning if you're a man or a woman or all these things play to, all these things play into the grand global scheme. Mm-hmm. But that didn't fetch so well with the East. All the Eastern countries who are what? They're not ideologues. They're not like, oh, we're going to believe in this vision called globalism. No. These are civilizational powers. That have been here for thousands of years. Russia's a thousand-year-old civilizational state. China's a five-thousand-year-old civilizational power. India's a five-thousand-year-old civilizational power. Iran is a five-thousand-year-old civilizational power. Turkey's been around for a while. All these countries are so much older, and the and and the, and the West, the brain dead, insolvent, broke, powerless, insipid West is is telling these guys hey guys uh, get rid of your culture they're like wait a minute we're not going to do that we don't ascribe to what your values are and that's the breakaway folks you cannot have the, the when you read all the writings of every globalist and every think tanker and every person that is that has helped propagate this idea of one world government and the antichrist coming forth out of europe and having 10 horns and blah 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 all these other things right that a lot of people ascribe to and believe on which is bad exegesis to begin with that's another topic for another day i'm pretty i'm right? pretty
1: sure he's supposed to come out of uh, russia I'm, isn't that oh isn't yeah that-
2: yeah <laughs> The Gog magog war which is a, a again a complete bad study on biblical prophecy which is like another show that you and i should do but uh dude i'm telling you it's like so, so people have this bad idea, all brainwashed, okay, to, because of pop culture, because of, of, of mainstream ideas here in the West, all brainwashed. But the reality is the world's much more complicated. It's much more nuanced, right? And what what when you look at the writings, right, look at what the leaders of the multipolar world are saying. They're pro-humanity. They're pro-family. They're pro Things that promote life, exploration, technological solutions, and scientific answers to the hardest things pressing human civilization. That's what they're offering you. Okay, they're not offering you fifteen-minute cities. They're not offering you, um, uh, you know, uh, living in a, a boxed apartment that's you know two hundred square feet. They're not offering you any of that. They're not offering you, yeah, you know, get shipped and and here's an mRNA uh, vax for you. Enjoy. They're not offering you any of these things. They're offering you opportunities, right? And if they're not, why is it easier for me to set up a business in in Turkey? It's easier for me to do business in Russia. It's far easier for me to set up a business and and do very well in China than it is for me to do it right here in the United States. It's a big problem, folks. And if they're offering solutions, and our solution is what? Deindustrialization, destroying civilization, destroying families, Destroying food supply, destroying anything that any attachment to humanism, because we can't do it. We have this 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 scarcity thing hanging over our head. We have this sort of Damocles called climate change that's gonna strike us any moment, and the only way we're gonna escape is to be blobs and 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 these blobs that sit on their chairs all day with virtual reality glasses, and then one day, if we're good, our consciousness will be uploaded to some sort of machine somewhere. This is the lunacy. When you read these technocrats, when you read these futurists, this is the lunacy, right? People, are, oh my God, Ray Kurzweil—he's so smart. What's his education in? He's not smart in anything. He's a moron, and people in the West believe him. And the—it's not the people. It's not the salt of the earth people. I'm talking about the leadership of the West. Believe this nonsense. This mouth, this neo-Malthusian insanity is what they believe. The rest of the world doesn't offer that. The rest of the world believes in humanity. Travel. Get a passport. Go to these countries. Go visit them. It'll blow your mind away. You start realizing all the lies. Uyghur concentration camps, social credit score. BS, all lies. Russia's a totalitarian state. Putin's a thug. BS, all lies. I can go on and on and on and on for the next several years talking about this stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's far more nuanced, far more complicated than a Marvel movie. Good guys yeah. and bad guys well it's,
1: it's all controlled by the globalists. it's all controlled okay all right i got well, I, I have a friend who uh had just traveled back from a, a long business trip in russia and he was shocked he was telling me i there's churches everywhere and he's, everywhere. he's saying that it's vibrant They're, these churches are not just relics from the past these are like no. active Fills. vibrant communities like organizing centers for communities and families and it's like for me living in quebec I see churches all the time. It used to be a very, very strong Christian part of North America, but they're all condos or hollowed out husks and shells, echoes of a past or age. nightclubs or nightclubs. We actually have a bunch of Anglican churches that do drag queen shows and cabarets. That's actually yep. a big thing all over downtown Montreal. You can see like rainbows on Anglican churches, which by the way, feature who's the, who's the head of the Anglican church, which is again, weird. Wow. We got to <laughs> we have the, the, the hereditary heir of the British empire is the head of our churches oh, who,
2: well, perfect. uh,
1: is, is overseeing this transformation of churches into cabarets while working with a green, a green Pope, uh, who's trying to purge Christianity of the idea that man is made in the image of a creator, but instead now we're made in the image of animals, uh, as part of an ecosystem. Yeah. So let me uh, ask you this one. Let, let's just shift gears. Cause the, the, what you just said on culture, I think for me as well, that, that is very important. Um, actually there before i shift gears into the green question there was one thing i wanted to throw at you based on what you just said um so the, yes leaders of china of russia of, of turkey of other of saudi arabia seem to be pr- not so willing to flush their their ancient uh civilizational morality and 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 traditions in in order to adapt to some depopulated new world order okay but they and they say nice words but um they they're doing cbdcs they're doing digital digital banking is is being proposed right now by the brics a so brics digital currency is being proposed how, isn't that just another way to get it global and save, enslavement in in reality so how is that different how would you respond to people who say things like that
2: well here's the thing first of all we in the west have a completely skewed view of money okay and the way the East has, especially in China, China has a different view of money versus the United States. In the United States, we have Federal Reserve notes masquerading as dollars, and and you know we have the potentiality. And I don't think it's going to happen here with CBDCs either. But what they're proposing at the Bank of International Settlements, also known as the the the, the Tower of Basel, okay, what they're proposing there is, is central bank issued digital currencies. This way, we can control it and program it. We all know that. I'm not going to get into all the details with it. In the West, the Fiat currency belongs to the member banks, the private member banks that own the Federal Reserve or the central bank that owns the central bank. The central bank's never audited in any one of these Western countries. No one's really Mm -hmm. looked at hard at the BOE and what they got. No one's looked hard at the Fed. No one looks hard at the ECB, right? No one looks hard at any one of these uh, Western central banks. They're never audited because it's not yours. It's not for you to audit. You have no right to it. Because it's their fiat currency, it's by edict, right? Number one, number two, because it's theirs and they issue it, they get to decide what they will do with their currency, not you. So, in other words, the utility that used to exist with cash and the fungibility that used to exist with cash is gone, because in the in in the West, currency is a private, privately owned, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's a privately owned instrument. Okay, it's a privately owned instrument. Well, who owns it? Who owns the currency? Federal got a reserve and it's private member banks right here in the United States. China is different. Money and credit is a public utility, number one. Number two, the people decide. If they don't want it, it's gone. China tried to utilize CBDCs as a way to speed up transactions amongst individuals, like quick transactions. It's a way to bolster the banking system. And they realize, you know, it's not working. So they, t- they scrapped the whole entire project. It- it's not, it- they're not doing it anymore, right? Now, Ni- uh, I think it was then, uh I believe it was, uh was it Nigeria? What did it next? They tried uh, Nigeria uh, CBDC. to. Nigeria proposed yeah. And nobody yeah. wanted it. Yeah, like 97%
1: of the population just said, no, we're, we're not going to do no. that.
2: Exactly. Then yeah. in the United States, what they're pro- proposing is not to get rid of cash, right? I mean, Jerome Powell, head of the Fed. And uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kashkari, Nal Kashkari. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys from the New York Fed, the Minnesota Fed, all of them has come forward and said, look, we, we, what's the purpose of CBDCs? Especially the New York Fed, right? Because they don't think that Wall Street is walking lockstep with Davos. They're not. There's a severe infighting that is occurring within the Western world itself. Okay. So mm-hmm. Wall Street's like, wait a minute, what, 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 what the heck do we need CBDCs for? We don't need it. What CBDC is going to do that Venmo, Cash, uh, PayPal, or Cash App can't do, right? And that's literally what Kashkari was saying, right? And the New York Fed was saying the same thing. So the thing that's being proposed right now in the United States, the reality of it, even though you have a whole Davos-linked crowd saying we will thing, have it programmed. If you don't use it, it's going to be linked to your social credit score and your carbon uh, footprint, blah, 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 blah. And then you have the other side saying, hey, you know what? Um, why don't we use this as a interbank settlement if we need to get money into the hands of people because of a pandemic or an emergency or or <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Here. It's not because of a pandemic. I'll tell you why they, they want it. I said this maybe five or six years ago. I I'm the guy. I'm the only man in the world that called the Dow exactly where it was. When the Dow was 15,000 points, when everybody was screaming, it's going to drop, it's going to go. I said, no, Dow's going to 18,000, get the, you know, print the t shirts. Dow's going to go to 29,000 point Dow. We're going to hit a 35,000 point Dow. And now we're going to 50,000 down. We're going to go to a 40 to 50,000 Dow. That's coming. Why? Because, and I said this, it was me and Charles Hugh Smith were the only two guys in the entire planet that said, as the economic system in the United States breaks, it's not to crash down and we said this back in 2014 2015 ample radio interviews ample podcast interviews many many articles we've both been saying it as the dollar is collapsing right i mean as a thing as the physical economy in the united states is falling apart the dollars are going to keep rising in value equities mm-hmm. are going to go through the roof right and why what do we have here in the west i told everybody if anybody who's been following me uh, on road would know that hey I've been calling it the Western what it is, a broke, insolvent, bunch of morons. Okay, that's what the Western powers are. Every single Western bank is doing what? Trying to chase the yield. That means any sort of financial grift, scam, or, or fraud that they can do to increase their bottom line. In an area where there's zero interest payments, right? In an era where there's so much illiquidity, where, where, where the, in an era where the markets are completely insolvent, you have zombie institution. How do you do it? you got to create new financial instruments, right? CBDCs are going to be the way to usher in universal basic income. Not replace yeah. the dollar, but help facilitate universal basic income for the working class and for the poor. They need it, and they're going to need it, number one and not, not, they're doing this not because they, 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 all of a sudden the fed and all these um, these 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 evil psychopaths in American politics suddenly care about the poor and the needy no they're doing this because the financial markets are getting higher and higher they need to create some sort of liquidity they need to create some sort of solvency they need to get some of the pressure off the equities markets the stocks the bonds and the derivatives and so on and so forth and the, and one of the ways to do it is what negative interest rates. I've been calling it forever, right? I've been calling it since 2015. Okay. Stanley Fisher was talking about it when Stanley Fisher was the real head of the fed, when a negative
1: interest about, rate, right? that's where the bank is like paying people to keep their money in the bank or what, what is a negative? No, interest they
2: rate? just, they negative interest rates are, they, you know, they go into the negatives and what happens is that the value you're actually losing money, keeping your money in the bank. So every right. month, uh, a percentage of your money is gone in just an, is in, in negative interest rate. absorbed into the system absorbed okay exactly right. so the way to get around that is universal basic income okay the way you get around that is, is is uh is negative is negative interest rates and universal basic income gets the pressure off the equities market right and now you're going to see a phenomenon where i said this I, I i even said this to 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 so many people hey come november december gold's going to start moving where's gold at 2070. Right, 2050, 2060, it's starting to skyrocket. I said Bitcoin's gonna start moving, right? And all and I said Bitcoin ETFs are probably gonna be approved. I said there's an 80% chance that before the end of the year, BlackRock and Grayscale and and, uh, and 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 uh iShares, all these guys are all of a sudden going to get ETF approvals for crypto. They need all these financial instruments, right? Why do they need these financial instruments? What people don't understand is and one of these things I'm going to get deep with with everyone here uh, is the derivative market. Everything in the West, everything in the United States is financialized, right? If you pay, if you buy a house, you get a mortgage, right? Within 30 days, your mortgage note is gone. They destroy it, and that mortgage note becomes a financial financialized instrument that's traded on the back end of the derivatives market as a mortgage backed security. It's chopped up. It's still done. It's still they still do this to this day. They've been doing this since 2008. It hasn't stopped, right? same thing applies for universal basic income same thing applies for any sort of uh Bitcoin ETFs whatever they put out there there is a derivative component a derivative facsimile of the asset being traded and that derivative facsimile is 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 leveraged 10 20 30 40 times from the actual asset that it's based on and this is the reason why when I, when I say the, the United States has a phantom wealth problem, folks, you have no idea how bad this is. Everything from your life insurance policies, everything from your car note, everything to your mortgage, everything to, hell, even your court cases that are docketed in court has a financialized facsimile traded in the derivatives market. People don't believe me, but you can look this up. This is the reality of the entire system. And this is what people don't understand. People are like like, why, why are they coming up with this? How come the Dow's 40,000 points? How come the because they have to keep the fake money going because while they're t- keeping the fake money going they're cashing out and they're buying real assets that's how this game is played and it works until the dollar is no longer world reserve currency then it all comes mm-hmm. again
1: mm-hmm. yeah and i think that there were parallels that we're seeing if you look at history from this from this vantage point one can see certain very clear parallels, though not identical one to one, but but similar in principle of, of of what's going on from 1929 as well as 1922 in, in Weimar Germany, yeah. right? Where for a while it did appear as though the money printing in the twenties to deal with the unpayable Versailles debt treaty repayments was working. The markets were sort of being satisfied for a few months of the money printing, and uh, for those in the know well they were in the middle of gobbling up all of the physical assets of of early pre-nazi germany Um, but for those not in the know they were just living moment to moment thinking thank god the war is over and good times are here again and uh, before you knew it you were people were were carrying wheelbarrows full of cash just to buy a loaf of bread and that wasn't enough until um the solution could be introduced in the form of hjalmar and nazism and the nazi rented mark so we definitely see these parallels we see a very similar um criminal agencies manipulating the the show from the top and uh and there's similar Achilles heels the th- the same sorts of things that that defeated that under undermined the new world order of the League of Nations of world government back in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s as it was tried many times is still a viable um thing today so before we When we come back from the commercial break, I'd like to tackle some elements of of uh, solutions as well as some questions of the green uh, reformed, rebranded eugenics policy that failed under Nazi Germany, that was given a new name uh, after World War II, and its effects today or the fight today. So let's uh, take a commercial break and we'll be back very, very shortly
0: with his expert analysis and opinion. This is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. It's for the greater good. Have you noticed how often you've heard that expression? Mostly every time someone's advocating taking your rights away? The greater good. It connotes the old phrase, the common good, right? We're doing this for the common good. And we're gonna, yes, we're taking some of your income, but we're doing it for the common good. Well, that's shifted now to the greater good. Greater for whom? never seems to be greater for me, or for you, but always seems to be greater for them. And who gets to decide for whom it's greater? Why? Well, they do, of course. It'd be silly to allow you and me to be able to determine what's in the greater good and for whom. This is the insidious underbelly of the totalitarian governmental impulse. And it's not just here in the United States, it's in Ireland, it's in the EU in Australia and New Zealand. China, they don't even have to bother about it. They do what they're told. That's the entire essence of a totalitarian regime. But what's scary is how many democratic regimes want to emulate the totalitarian regimes. For the greater good, I'll take a hard pass. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio.
1: When a crisis hits close to home, and across the
0: globe, nonprofits are on the front lines, ready to serve, healing, nurturing, rescuing, protecting, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations has never been more important, and it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you, the Nonprofit Alliance.
1: You're listening to Connecting the Dots with Matt Arendt on today's News Talk Radio TNT. TNT. All right, we're back for the third segment of Connecting the Dots in the first hour. I'm here joined by V, the Gorilla economist. Uh, we just were talking before the commercial break about uh, the breakdown of the system, the entire hyperinflationary uh, meltdown, the derivatives bubbles that have been created out of thin air as a sort of weapon of mass destruction. Largely, one could say uh, another consequence of the ill-spent life of Sir Henry Kissinger knighted uh, by the by the Queen herself to the order of Saint Michael and Saint George in 1995 for services rendered to the Empire, just like George Bush Senior as well, who also oversaw the nation stripping policy, uh, working very closely with Kissinger, the trilateral commission folk under creating things like NAFTA, the deregulation of the markets that, that created a situation of mergers and acquisitions of the 80s and universal banking into these too big to fails that should have never have existed in the first place were it not for what you said at the very beginning of our show, the detachment of the dollar from the fixed exchange rate system, the floating of the dollar onto the, de- onto the increasingly speculative driven markets, all of that was made possible by the works of people like Kissinger and the other trilaterals in the early 70s. Um, today, we're now facing the consequence of these insane stupid decisions that we tolerated and it's blowing up bad yep. and we have things like the COP28 summit going on in Dubai right now it began it began in November 30th it's going to be going on till December 12th there uh, there's a lot of discussion you know King Charles is going to be there and Mark Carney and all of the the green priesthood of the central banking community that's slobbering over the idea of population reduction and getting everybody onto some form of scarcity driven value structure tied to saving the environment from ourselves Um, then you have china which just got rid of they just exited the paris accords back in uh, july they just left it they're like we're not going to do this anymore and they cancelled their 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 having signed up um is what is the difference between when the word sustainable or green is being used by countries like china or their their multipolar allies versus the west for a, when i hear a mark carney or a biden or a john Kerry speaking of the same language and operating within certain venues like uh the cop 28 summit what's the difference
2: the biggest difference is this okay when when you hear from the western powers when you hear from these guys these morons in the west who are severely uneducated these are not serious people they have they're all miseducated they they have no understanding of sciences engineering and mathematics nothing they, they suck that's what they do they suck for lack of, lack of a better word okay we need to start calling these people for who they are they're evil beyond belief okay these are sick people when they postulate sustainability what they're offering to you is a marketed low-IQ version of, of basically feudalism. It's neo-feudalism. That's what they're selling, okay? They Remember to look. Operation Paperclip, when these Nazis came over at the end of World War II into the United States and they start peripherally not only in the United States but also in, 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 in Britain, right, and, and other places in, in the West, they started, it's not just the, oh, we were just there for the technology and the engineering that the Germans did. No, 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 no. There was, within the United States, and Matt's great at this, okay, there was, within the United States, prior to even the Nazis coming over in, in Operation Paper Club, there were uh, ideologies that the Nazis found their origin in that already existed in the United States, right? We, the You know, and same thing in the UK, right? This Malthusian neo-feudalism, this, this has always been there. This technocracy has always been there, right? So when they mm-hmm. came over, it was wonderful, right? But one of the things that the Nazis always espoused is what? The ubermensch. Right, this great group of 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 superhumans who are super smart and they're genetically gifted, and they're the chosen ones who are going to decide on how humanity develops, right? They are going to be there, in other words, they're obsessed with the breeding and the development and the ascension of humanity in their own vision, right? That concept of the Ubermensch, it's still It's still vibrant. That's what globalism is all about. Globalism is about a bunch of decrepit Western leaders who are fat, inbred bunch of morons who are literally believe their own BS. In in New York, we have the saying, don't get high on your own supply. If you're a drug dealer, don't get high on your own supply. In other words, don't believe your own BS. Something problematic has occurred in the West in the last 50 years. The West literally believes their own BS. So they believe... They're the Ubermensch. They're the only ones that could dictate to the rest of the world on how to send, how to you know control their resources, how to develop their populations. Oh, that whole thing about you know aiming for the stars—that's that, the that's that low IQ marketing. No, 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 no. We want a neo-feudalistic jungle that we control—a concrete jungle with 15-minute cities—and we control every aspect of your life because these people are psychopaths. They're obsessed with control. And, and these technocrats who are always about balancing the load, balancing the load, which is population, which is energy, which is production, which is economics, all these things about balancing the load. What the West selling you is death. That's what they're selling you is death. What the multipolar world selling you is life and a future. And that is the big difference. And even though, look, I got a lot of contacts in UAE, um, Company that I'm a partner at, Amparo, we're actually based in Dubai. We're a Dubai licensed, registered uh, financial firm out in Dubai. We handle precious metals, digital assets. I'll tell you right now, one thing I learned from working with UAE people in the UAE, they give you a lot of lip service. They'll sit around and they'll listen to these Western idiots and like, oh, 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 yes, it's very good. We should do that. Yes, very good, Habibi. Very good, very good. We, yes. They'll do the exact opposite. They have no intention. Abu Dhabi and Dubai has no intention of getting off of hydrocarbons. They have no intention. Saudi Arabia is not going to get off of hydrocarbons. Not, not going to happen, right? Why? Because these are ascending civilizations. They're not mm-hmm. about to curtail all of that, you know, because the, a bunch of these old European idiots who are inbred are going to go tell them what to do. These are what's Britain going to? Britain? I mean, the UK is the mouse that roared. They, <laughs> They have no military capacity to do anything. And the United States is, a, and, and the other thing that's, that the, the, the propaganda that has fallen off of everybody's eyes, people see how pathetic the United States military is. It's a joke. It's a joke. So this is where we are in the world. And I think the world's moving forward. They see the green scheme for what it is. And I thank God that people in the West are starting to understand the, the scheme, the green scheme, mm-hmm. what it really is. It's, it's depopulation, deindustrialization and death.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, how would you say the difference? Uh, in, do, does the UAE and Saudi Arabia, obviously, they they have made a mistake by becoming too uh, addicted to the model that was given to them in the seventies, especially to just be to have no manufacturing, just extract your oil, send yeah. it overseas, yeah. and that's that's your that's your money pot right there obviously yeah. that that was a bit of a an error they're trying to branch out create a an upstream downstream market for for the supply chain do they have an idea of uh of nuclear power is there a nuclear power policy as well going on
2: uh there there is they are being uh you know the, the 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 sheikdom over there is being approached you know by the Russians by the Chinese for for nuclear power because they understand look hydrocarbons are great not only just for fuel, but the better use of hydrocarbons is, is the is the creation and making of things. Like everything that we live in the world, from the desk that you and I are sitting on, the paper that's in the books that that are right behind you, right? All this is done. All this is here because of hydrocarbons. Why waste the precious hydrocarbons on just energy? Right? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just put it forth for the creation of things? And and here's the thing: the multiple world understands. In order for humanity to go to the next level of development where we are going to the moon, really going to the moon and extracting the, the rare earth, the, I mean, the rare elements that are on the moon that are extremely promising for human development here on earth, you need to step up what your hydrocarbon game, right? You got to step it up because here's the fact people are like, Oh, peak oil, peak oil. No, 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 no. Folks there more and more evidence. At this point, it's, it's it, in my opinion, in this point, the argument's been settled. Hydrocarbons, especially oil and things of that sort, they're abiogenic, right? They are constantly being produced. I mean, we've seen this where oil wells are run dry, and all of a sudden you wait a while, they're back.
0: Okay?
2: They're back. Now, um, in order for humanity to go to the next level, you need more hydrocarbons. But those hydrocarbons should not be wasted on energy. This is why nuclear, thorium reactors, and, and fusion technology, all these things are coming to the forefront. E fuels for cars, right? People are like, oh, we're going to go electric. No, electric is it's, it's, there's no economy of scale for electric vehicles, they're terrible. I'm a car guy, I'll tell you. Okay, I'm not just a car guy because I like cars, no, I can work on cars, right? So, the economy of scale is not there for electric, it's not because there's only X amount of cobalt, X amount of vanadium, X amount of lithium, X amount of molybdenum, X amount of rhenium, X amount of gallium, X amount of infinium on this planet. Okay, you can't extract all of it. There's only so many little African kids you can send digging into a ditch in, in Nairobi to go get this out. You can't do it, right? And number two, the infrastructure doesn't exist in anywhere of these West, Western countries, not in the United States. <laughs> no, no, much of the Western world is still existing on 1950s infrastructure. It's a joke. It's really yeah. bad, okay? Yeah. So that's not the answer. The answer is e-fuels. It was first pioneered by Porsche. Porsche you know, set, set up an e-fuel factory in Chile. Came out to be very... It's very successful. And then now other companies are doing it. They're getting better fuel economy, more horsepower in an internal combustion engine, utilizing e-fuels that are renewable, that are not based on food supplies, which is great. Right. It's not based on food. It's based on like either trash or allergies or or just, you know, chemical reactions that are occurring within the lab. Are you but, Talking
1: about kind of like bio-diesel or biofuels, or are you talking about something different? This is different.
2: No, no, e-fuels is different. It's not like bio. Well, yeah, what is it? Yeah, I've never I've never really e-fuel looked fuels into the e-fuels. They're like completely synthetic. They can either be used by algae or they're using like some sort of chemical makeup, right? The exact hmm. technology of it. There's a like various brands of it. I'll I'll get you a write-up on it. Uh, and okay. we we'll probably talk about it next time. But the beauty of e-fuels is the infrastructure already exists, you don't need to retrofit gas stations, you don't need to do nothing. You don't need to change the supply chain, nothing. Here's the answer plug and play, boom, done. And now you're seeing much of the car manufacturers who have lost billions following the siren song of electric vehicles are now like, hey, you know what? E fuels looks great. That's why the EU, all of a sudden, they, they, they've changed their 2030, no more ice engines. Yeah, that, that's gone. That's going away because now they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, we can use e fuels. Yeah, we can use e fuels yeah, because reality is starting to set in. So, we, when so let's not. So what these countries are trying to do, the real planners, right, of the multipolar world, understand that you need hydrocarbons for what? For the building of technology, the creation of real technology that will foster real exploration—not only exploration deep into space, but also exploration deep into our planet—and to utilize mm-hmm. the technology, the beautiful technology that'll come out, that'll help humanity take us to the next level. That shouldn't be wasted on just burning it out through an exhaust gas, right? This is why mm. all these things are starting to change for the better. And the West has no solution. The West is like, yeah, we'll give you some windmills and solar panels. <laughs> and the rest of the world's like, uh, no thanks.
1: Right. Yeah, I really encourage people to a, to to test out the type of thinking that you have just exhibited when analyzing systems uh anywhere in the world in terms of the policy intention and effect because it's all about the effect not so much what people say as you just pointed out a big part of business is learning that when you're dealing with different cultures sometimes you might think that you're signing a deal when you're talking to a chinese businessman or a, a, a dubai businessman and then all of a sudden you walk away and you realize wait a minute they were they were just smiling and listening to what i was saying and that acting was. polite but they didn't have any intention of following through on what i thought i was selling so that's yeah. part of life that's part of that's part of just being a mature human being and learning how to navigate
2: now, yeah, the they don't time- tell you too. They're, they're, they're far too kind to tell you, hey, you're an idiot to your face. Yeah, I'm from New York. <laughs> I've sat in business meetings where I'm listening to something. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And people are like, Oh my god, he actually called it for what it is. How, how, how dare you? And I break down why it's stupid, and you're not going to make any money on this, you know. But in the east, it's unlike that. They're like, Oh, yes, oh, climate. Oh, yes, we must do something to save the planet. Yes. Oh, yes, we'll meet again uh this time in three years. Thank you. Have a nice day. And then the Western idiots come out. We've made great strides with our Chinese and uh, and Middle Eastern partners, and we're going to do what we can to cut hydrocarbons and lower our carbon footprint. It's a different story across the, uh, right. the other side of the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's really important. And I, I think also the idea of leaping over the limits to growth by making new discoveries in the large as well as inside of the Earth, we don't know much of. We act. We're told that we know exactly what's inside the Earth's core and the mantle. (laughs) The fact is, we scratched. We scratched something like 16 kilometers into the into the crust, which is 60 kilometers. So we haven't even been. We haven't penetrated the crust even by half. So to say that we know what the cause of of oil is and what we we know of exactly (laughs) the configuration of the molten core and all this stuff. No, that's hubris. We don't know what's in this. What's in the sun? We don't know what's in the moon. We don't know well, the type of no processes that are shaping our solar system or the galaxy. Um, yeah. so we don't even know what's is, in the ocean. We don't even know what's in the ocean, right? We've mapped it on on a certain level of satellite imagery, but we don't know what the hell is 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 the what what's the geometry? Wait, wait, what's the geology? What's going on? Yeah. What are these? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's exciting in that sense to think, and it's humbling to think of how how much there is to discover if we can break out of a system of feudalism. Now we got two minutes to go. People might hear you say, Oh space mining of moon mining of asteroids and you know russia and china have a a deal to jointly develop a a permanent space base with a a mining operation there by 2030 that's that's a good policy for 2030 but what does that mean what is the what is the incentive of mining the moon what's up the, what what is on there that we should use it's the moon isn't it just dead you've got about two minutes I'm sorry not even a minute
2: yeah uh, <laughs> no problem yeah the, the the moon has element six I think that's what it's called right correct me if I'm wrong Matt. what it, is it element six, I-, six they, like I know that?
1: there's helium three isotope uh, there's uh,
2: helium three and isotope six yeah. something like that right very 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 uh important for fusion technology you get that you bring it here a, a, a gram of this stuff could power a village for X amount of years it's 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 mm-hmm. incredible potential
1: okay that that's it I mean so the roguenews.com where else can people find your work or or support you
2: yeah roguenews.com go to roguenews.com on YouTube on rumble uh, roguenews.com on of course the website and and any Australian uh, clients that need to reach out to me VJ at Amparo um, and co.com well uh, V at roguenews.com email me v at roguenews.com Thank you Matt Thank you v pleasure.